I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Sakshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy, where we discuss policy issues of importance to help you make sense of all the news that you read. My name is Priyal D. Almeida and I work with the research group at Takshashila Institution, focusing on health and life sciences. Now, the concerns over waning immunity and SARS-CoV-2 variants have convinced some countries to deploy extra vaccine doses. Ruturaj and I will discuss about the third dose the booster dose in light of Pfizer getting permission to start doling out the third dose of its mRNA vaccine. On 4th of August, the World Health Organization called for a moratorium on boosters until at least the end of September. The World Health Organization has strongly objected to rich nations giving a third round of shots when poor countries don't have enough vaccine for their first. Though the moratorium was against implementation of booster doses, Various countries were conducting studies to figure out the efficacy of the booster dose and we will eventually get to this during this episode. So to begin with, what I actually want to ask you, Rudraj, is what exactly happens at the cellular level inside the body with a booster shot? Now, is it just another shot or and if it is another shot, why don't we simply call it a third dose or third shot? Why do we specifically call it like a booster shot? Yes. So the reason we are calling it the booster shot is because uh, in the first two instances in terms of COVID, the first two doses are going to mount and primary immune response in the body. What I mean by primary immune response is that antibodies, specific antibodies against this COVID won't be involved because the body is encountering this virus for the first time. So it doesn't have these specific antibodies. So it's going to be a very different kind of a slightly general response, a primary immune response against these cells. But once this primary response is over, there there is the uh, formation of a memory immune cells, especially B cells, uh, memory B cells. And what the booster dose is doing uh, is it's going to challenge these memory B cells to get reju- rejuvenated and come act come and uh, act against the, 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 the infectious agent. In this case, it's going to be an attenuated vi- virus or some the mRNA uh, of the virus. So what is happening in this booster shot is that, as the name suggests, it's giving a boost. It's not uh, the first time the body is encountering something. It's the second time. I mean, this time the body is sort of prepared. So what is happening is the memory B cells, which were already formed due to the, uh, during the during the first two instances, uh, are going to start uh, multiplying. They're going to start producing antibodies specific to this virus, in this case, the SARS-CoV-2. Another process that is happening during the booster affinity maturation. So what is what happens is that these B cells, which were already produced during the second instance of infection, would reach the lymph nodes, the lymph system of the body. Here, they would sit, they would again encounter uh, the virus, viral particles, and this is this will be the second time uh, they are encountering. 
and this second encounter especially at the lymph nodes will start a process that i alluded to before called affinity maturation what this is basically at the broadest level is fine tuning of the antibody structure against the bacteria virus respect i mean respective infectious agent because each b cell would have a dedicated would be dedicated against a particular virus or a bacteria this repeated encounters would lead to the fine structure of the antibody becoming more capable of targeting and precisely binding to the infectious agent so for subsequent event like in the near future or even in the distant future the binding would be even faster tighter and more specific so the booster dose is not simply a third dose it is leading to fine tuning of antibodies and it is it is involving a slightly different subset of immune cells so a booster dose does have a, a role in playing a role in protecting uh, a person from diseases the body is learning uh, and becoming better at dealing with infections right and the thing is like the term booster shot is like very familiar to indians right with respect to like neonatal vaccinations for example in uh, for the japanese encephalitis uh, vaccine or as well as like the the first dose of the injectable uh, pentavalent vaccine which is given to the baby when it turns around 6 weeks old or 1 and 1/2 months old and it protects against the five diseases against uh, which this and this vaccine provides protection and this includes like diphtheria whooping cough tetanus hepatitis b and influenza and even like at 2 years when the typhoid booster dose is given so as such the term booster shot is not a foreign concept to uh, indians now given that they know what exactly booster shot means what exactly could be the potential side effects because we know that when people took the first dose of the covid vaccine or even for some people during the second dose they had some amount of side effects in terms of a fever body ache headaches and and stuff like that so with the booster dose can we are we thinking of like do do you think there will be more severe uh, side effects or are the side effects going to be less severe what exactly do you think is going to be Yeah you're exactly right the the term booster shot booster doses is nothing new india implements a lot of vaccination programs uh, our neonatal vaccination programs are pretty robust and it's the same concept as boosters that we encounter with typhoid or the pentavalent vaccine so it's the same we are just thinking of adults uh, in this particular scenario for covid now coming to side effects it's it's an answer it's a it's a question that we definitely we don't have any definite answers and why i say that is that if you see the side effects that people all over the world had were very varied so there there are a few studies but nothing is conclusive nothing that worth quotable so i would this is uh, so what is coming up what is apparent is probably the booster dose will also have certain side effects they would probably be the same as what a particular individual suffered in the first two cases there is really no way to comment on the severity whether it will it be more or less severe so i would like to leave it at that uh, but yes there will be some side effects uh, that's it okay so now that we've understood what exactly the booster dose is and stuff like that Do you know of any countries that are thinking of giving booster doses to their population? 
Yes. So there are quite a few countries which are thinking of implementing the booster doses. These countries are like Germany, Israel, UAE, China, Russia, all have been thinking about this. Some people, some, some governments uh, are actually running programs, especially the UK. It is, <laughs> the case of UK is slightly interesting because what it is thinking is, it's a, it's a booster trial where they're thinking of giving the booster shot the, the 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 third the booster shot will be of a vaccine which will which would be different from the first two doses so what the, the logic behind this commissioning of the study is that different vaccines are of course targeting different areas and different aspects of the disease so if we have another vaccine that the booster dose comes from a different vaccine maybe it's going to offer far more broader and robust immune response and protection so uk is conducting studies on that manner. The US, of course, was waiting for the moratorium, I could say that. But in early August, they have sort of gotten the permission. Israel on 29th uh, July announced that people over 60 years would get, start getting the booster dose. Uh, this is, Israel uses the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. This is the same that the US also uses. And what the UK plans to do, it plans to uh, give boosters, booster doses to people over 50 years of age and along with other people with certain high risks, high risk groups. It could be because of one's uh, profession, that, like they could be frontline workers on certain long, long-term diseases. So yes, many governments, many public policy institutions in various governments are coming up with st different strategies. And if you observe, these are mostly rich countries. So they have more or less finished vaccinating their at least adult population. And now the, the discussion, the discourse in these countries is moving uh, towards the booster dose. Um, thank you for the response, uh, Rutaraj. We will be taking a short break and we will be joining you back in some time. Hello and welcome back to uh, this episode of ATP. Continuing with our previous conversation, we know that there are certain countries that have been thinking about moving to the booster doses. Has any country currently done, has they, have they employed using booster doses for their people? Has anyone done it yet? Yes, Priyal. UAE has actually started implementing the booster dose. So what they did was Sinopharm, that is a Chinese vaccine. And this vaccine was an inactivated vaccine. But what UAE now is doing is they have started using the Pfizer vaccine, which is the mRNA vaccine, as a booster shot. China also is doing something similar. They plan to use, the, they plan to produce rather first the mRNA vaccine and then use it as a booster for people who have got inoculated with with the the inactivated or the protein based vaccines, it seems that people are thinking of mRNA vaccines. That's why the Pfizer vaccine's clearance gets more uh, news uh, as a good booster uh, candidate for their for their um, citizens. So, as far as I have my reading goes, UAE and China have sort of started doing this to a certain extent. US would US booster vaccination would pick up pace now that the CDC has cleared the Pfizer one. And UAE, I'm not sure about when UK is about to start, but I mean, they have already drawn up a plan for over 50 years of age. So I would like to guess that UK would also start soon. Right. Like like you said earlier that the US seemed to have been waiting until the moratorium was lifted. 
And now that CDC has recently given approval for Pfizer to carry out the vaccination. So can you tell us more about this, Rutanaj? And also, I would like to like, can you tell us more about who exactly is eligible uh, to receive this uh, vaccine? Yes. So uh, the way CDC has gone about is pretty logical and straightforward. What they have said is that, of course, people who are above 60, they are going to get this vaccine. And But U.S. is not, at least for now, is not thinking of you know combining boosters. It's going to be 60 people over 65 years of age who had been inoculated with the Pfizer vaccine before. That is, the, they got the first two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Only these people are now eligible for a booster dose of the Pfizer vaccine. There is no mixing and combination like other nations are thinking of. The other category of individuals is people who are above 18 years, that is mostly like all the adults, but with medical conditions like you know, cancer, pulmonary diseases, severe diabetes, chronic kidney disease, also people, also um, women who have just delivered or, uh, or are pregnant, even they have been cleared for the booster dose of Pfizer, provided all these people had the first two doses had to f- had received uh, uh, Pfizer's first two doses. The second category is, of course, frontline workers. Irrespective of age and other complications, they are they have been cleared for the booster dose. A- apart from Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, booster doses also have been cleared, but this is only for people who are immunocompromised. And in this criteria, uh, of course, the cancer people receiving cancer treatments uh, have been included. People who had received an organ transplant or an active immunosuppressant are in this list. So so are people with certain um, rare genomic diseases like DeGeorge syndrome and Biscuit-Aldrich syndrome, which lead to immune deficiency. These people have been um, part of this, as well as people who are HIV positive and have a current low CD4 count. And people on long-term medications, especially hydrosteroids for a variety of conditions, which leads to immune suppression, all have the all, the, all these have been uh, added uh, for the Moderna and J and J. So I, I was just to summarize: Pfizer for 65 plus and people with other conditions. But in case of Moderna and Johnson and Johnson, only people with really severe complications in, in the immuno in the immune system, especially like people who are taking long-term steroids and uh, organ transplant patients. And so that's the scenario in the U.S. It's, I will let you end here. Yeah, right. So now, given that like, you know, so many countries around the world are considering or even moving towards booster doses, what do you think India should do? Should India employ booster doses to its citizens or should we not? Like, what do you think we should do? Yeah, I would like to begin this answer with a quote from Dr. Balram Bhargava. And he's the Director General of Indian Council of Medical Research, ICMR. So in a uh, recent press conference on 17th September, what he said was, I'm quoting him, the administering booster doses is not the central theme at the moment in the government's scientific and public health care discussions. And getting fully vaccinated with, vaccinated with two doses remains the major priority. So what the Indian government is saying is that right now, we definitely are not going to start doling out the booster dose. And that makes sense because we still have to cover vaccination of our adult populations. We have not completed that. After that, the, the children and Indian children would, would probably be cleared for this. And then uh, or 
probably when the booster dose for really vulnerable people might start along with the children. But right now, the government has clearly stated out that they are going to focus on getting the second dose out for all its population, all of Indians. And that this, this you know, it makes sense. It's completely understandable. We still have the booster dose, though I can understand is useful for vulnerable people. But considering how the disease spreads, uh, we need to think of the entire population. So the second dose should get a priority. And then once that is done, maybe the booster dose for really vulnerable people can be implemented with vaccination for children. Now, this sort of, you know, echoes. What I'm saying is I'm echoing a discussion document that Takshashila had regarding the, the different types of age groups and different types of individuals depending on the profession and who should get the vaccine. So I think some something similar framework can be even applied for the booster dose, like people with 65 years with and other people with such diseases uh, or Indians who have just received a different organ or people suffering from HIV, AIDS and other such diseases, they should be prioritized for booster dose after our second dose uh, is completed. So I can, I mean, I can understand wh wh why Dr. Balram Bahargava made such a statement. We, the, we have to uh, sort of prioritize depending on the vaccines. And would like to, again, like quote another person. It's, it's Divir Aran. He's, he's from Israeli Institute of Technology in Haifa. Like what he says, it's very interesting. It's very succinct. So what he says is that the risk is low and the advantage is high. So the, 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 risk, the risk of implementing booster shots is low and the advantage is high. So if we are thinking whether or not to implement this or not, I don't see any problem because the risk is really, really low and the rewards, especially for vulnerable people, high. Provided we first cover the second dose, then we can definitely serve the booster dose. So I don't think this is uh, that the conversation regarding booster dose is sort of a no-brainer. It definitely is going to be useful, but only after we have covered everyone with the second dose. Right. That actually makes sense, right? Because it, it's better to have entire population vaccinated with the first and second dose and then think about a booster dose rather than jumping into a booster dose now and then leaving a certain part of a population with neither the second dose nor the booster dose. So uh, thank you so much, Anturaj, for this uh, conversation and thank you for being here. This is Priyan and Ruturaj signing off. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in